0: And those that will join us on podcast at
2: 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode.
0: Bringing you the news and views and the untold side of the Palestinian struggle for freedom from a Palestinian perspective. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Palestine Remembered. A big thanks to everybody that called in last week to speak to Rob and I. We had a fantastic time on the radio, Rob.
2: Mate, I enjoyed it immensely. It was good to be you know, amongst everybody there, and we raised some good money. Look, people can still log on and donate, I think, for another week or so, so that would be really, really good. Yeah, for a
0: few more weeks now. So
2: 3cr.org.au.
0: Go there, click on the uh, link, donate. You can call through to the radio station. They'll take your credit card over the phone. If you make a donation between now and the 30th of June, you'll get a tax deduction. So be sure to get on there and support 3CR because they host such wonderful shows as Palestine Remembered. Now, Rob, today we've got one of our longtime friends, Ronnie Barkin, joining us. He's a BDS anti-apartheid activist. He's an anti-Zionist. He's an Israeli dissident. He is one of our fantastic, fantastic Jewish brothers and sisters. And he's in the UK today. What a resume. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fantastic. Welcome, Ronnie. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Ronnie. It's fantastic that you're, you're joining us today because you've just tasted a little bit of freedom. Yep,
1: it's much nicer to be outside of Her Majesty's uh, prison than you know in there. Not as not as glamorous and royal as it sounds. Now, many
0: people talk the talk, but not many people walk the walk. And we don't want to say too much about your case because the reality is you've been involved in some direct action with Palestine Action, and people will put a link to it in the podcast, and you can look them up on Twitter and Facebook, but Palestine Action is a group of activists, anti-apartheid activists, that are targeting Elbert weapons factories in the United Kingdom, and they've had some amazing success with their actions. In fact, the UK head office, as I understand it, closed this week, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, that is correct. They've been fantastic in their work, and as we know, Elbert, proudly boasts that their weapons are battle-tested. And what they mean by that is that they've managed to use this weaponry and test it on humans, and those humans are the Palestinians, whether they be in Gaza, West Bank, or East Jerusalem. So congratulations on that work, direct action. All power to you. Now, Ronnie, you spent a few nights uh, as Her Majesty's guest.
1: Yeah, yeah, I spent a month. There was an action a month ago, and I spent a month there. And now... that. uh, Two of us were not UK citizens, uh, were on remand for a month, and now um, all are out on bail.
0: That's good that you're out on bail, but uh, your trial isn't until next year, but all power will be following closely, brother, and wishing you every very best. Now,
2: the reality is... Yeah, Roddy's being cagey because he has to be, he can't you know, obviously talk too much, but he is basically on bail. He has strict conditions, strict bail conditions. He actually has an ankle bracelet on as well. He won't be going to court until April next year. He's not allowed to leave the country. He has to sign into the local police station on a Saturday and a Sunday. Uh, And that just shows the seriousness of it. I know you can't say anything, but you can confirm that's happened. Uh, And your work has been superb. Well done. All power to you, brother.
0: Another election, the fifth election. It's about the only place that you keep having elections. But this election in particular, Israelis and Zionists have been proudly boasting that, you know, it's a democracy because we've got Arabs as members of the ruling party. Mm -hmm. And they proudly boasted that thing, you know, Palestinians have said, you know, every resistance movement and every occup- anti-occupation movement had its Uncle Toms. This coalition has collapsed, and it's collapsed because they couldn't pass a very significant law that they've been renewing for a number of years. Why don't you tell us about that? You
1: know, I haven't been following from up close... Uh... <laughs> the internal bickering among uh, uh, Zionists and the Knesset and anyone else who is uh, there who doesn't identify as Zionist but still participate in the game, um, because I think it is of no importance, at least I see it uh, as, uh, as I call it, the, the least important event of the year or the upcoming elections. Um, also, I was technically uh, prohibited from doing that while in prison, but, um, I will simply say that, unlike the case of South African apartheid, which was literally a case of black and white, um, the Zionist form of apartheid, which started also in 1948, <clears throat> they have created something <clears throat> they have created something that is much more um, a more sophisticated form of apartheid, which there is one layer which is clearly about the superhumans super beings co- controlling the subhumans. The upper mansion controlling the unter Mansion, and this is the entire framework of the foundation of the state of Israel. Its laws, its practices, everything that was happening there from forty-eight to this day is about that. What I just said a moment ago. While at the same time, they have also managed to create this another layer, skin the the layer, uh, which gives the facade of democracy, the facade of liberalism, the facade as if. Um, there is something that may be regarded as, um, you know, uh, that that, that would give it some form of legitimacy in the eyes of the world. And they have been very successful at that. So you mentioned that, that yes, indeed, there is another, yet another election. Uh, And uh, they would even boast about, look how democratic we are. But actually, the so-called Jewish and democratic state of Israel which I would say it is supremacist and apartheid, not Jewish and democratic. It's, again, a misuse of terms. Uh, The Jewish and democratic state of Israel is just as democratic or anti-democratic as the People's Democratic Republic of North Korea, which also has democratic in its name. But no one in the right mind would treat North Korea as a democracy. (laughs) Somehow, most of the world still regards that, quote-unquote, Jewish and democratic state as either Jewish or democratic, and it's neither and and this is what people have to understand that from its very foundation it is based on the exact opposite of democratic values meaning the exact opposite of the values of equality multiculturalism the rights of minorities actually there are 20 million people who are under the direct influence of the zionist race state Nine million of them, no, sorry, uh, seven, uh, seven million of them or so are the pri- the privileged group that I belong to. The other 12, 12, 12 to 13 million are Palestinians who are subjugated uh, and uh, terrorized in every possible way. Six million of them, half of them, are actually even denied the right to come back home since the very foundation of the state of Israel. They have been expe- ex- expelled from them and are in forced exile for the past seven decades, only to maintain that pretense of what they call Jewish democracy. Okay, so so 20 million people are subjugated or, or under the auspices of the Zionist race state. A, Nine million of them have the right to vote. That includes the privileged group, plus those who are second-class citizens, Palestinians who are citizens of 48 of the state of Israel, and their vote means absolutely nothing by law, and I can explain that. And among those, 20 million people affected, 9 million can vote, zero of them are allowed to
0: transform that place into a democracy. Absolutely. The reality of this coalition and the, the Knesset as it is today, 120 seats, um, Benjamin Netanyahu in opposition, trying to get back in, Neftali Bennett and was not able to pass the West Bank Security Bill. And the West Bank Security Bill extends Israeli civil law to settlers in occupied West Bank. Uh, And then that creates the apartheid situation where a resident of the West Bank be a Palestinian, they get treated under military law, but a settler built on, uh, in a settlement built on stolen Palestinian land next door gets Israeli civil law. So they weren't able to pass that. By dissolving parliament, what happens is that this bill, the emergency uh, West Bank security bill, Gets extended for three months post the next government being sworn in, and so the yep. law just stays in place, uh, entrenching apartheid a little bit further. I should mention that um, Naftali Bennett
1: has been actually quite consistent about that. He, uh, when he was not that well known, uh, he was promoting what he called the annexation um, plan, and the annexation plan pretty much says uh, most of uh, most of the zionist settlers uh, live in what is regarded as area c of the west bank uh, while only a small number of palestinians live there and israel should simply annex area c uh, and then he carries on and i can share with you in the audience a video where he explains that from well over 10 years ago um and he explains that uh, yes obviously the world will not like that that we are annexing area c but then again they don't like many things that we do so why should we care about that. Um, Obviously, those who try to sell to the world that Israel is a thriving democracy or a flawed democracy or some sort of democracy, those who try to claim that there is some form of liberalism, that that Israel is concerned to a certain degree with human rights, etc., they have issues with, with Bennett's arguments because obviously uh, that you know throws international law and and all kinds of uh, agreed uh, conventions out the window. So um, so and this is always the the. You know, the friction that you will see between the right and the so-called left in Israel, where the right wing is much more honest about the racism. They are racist and proud of it, like Bennett and many others, while the so-called left. And there are no Zionist leftists. It's it's simply it is impossible uh, to be Zionist and humanist, Zionist and leftist, etc. Those so-called left, uh, they try all the time to be Zionist and humanist, try to speak the human rights discourse in order to cover up to sugarcoat their racism and supremacy. And Bennett is uh, actually too honest, to be fair. He's too honest uh, for them, and and that doesn't sit well with them. His views are
0: reflective of the overwhelming majority of the Knesset, as if there is a left in the Knesset in Israel. The reality is there's a choice between very, 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 very far right and very, very, very right. There is no, yes. no left. Exactly. Basically,
1: the only concept of democracy among Israeli society, and even with the terminology, whenever we say Israeli society in Israel, we never count the 20% who are not uh, among the privileged group, the 20% who are Palestinian citizens of 48, even even just when they say the people or Israelis, unless they explicitly say in a poll or in an article that this includes all citizens of the state of Israel, when we say Israeli, we only count the privileged group because they're the only one who matter. Mm -hmm. So democracy, the term democracy, as it is used in Israel, is basically the rule of the majority. So obviously, when they control who are the people that are allowed to vote, like I said, only 9 million of the 20 million are actually allowed to vote. And among them, one and a half million, their vote means absolutely nothing by law. I'll explain in a second. Then obviously, if they control (laughs) who can vote, then they can feel that they are the democracy. They created an artificial, quote unquote, Jewish democracy by Basically limiting limiting Palestinians from expressing uh, their view or limiting them from even living on their land. Now, um, I should mention that in the law, basic law, the Knesset, Article 7a, says that... A party cannot run for elections if it negates Israel as a Jewish and democratic state, or in other words, as I said before, if it negates Israel as an apartheid supremacist state, because these are euphemisms, Jewish and democratic are euphemisms to uh, supremacist and apartheid. And the amendment to the law also says that even a... No one can run for elections. not only the party platform, but also an individual may not run for election if they negate Israel as a Jewish democratic state, even if they simply express themselves, uh, uh, let's say, uh, against that concept, uh, even on, I don't know, on Facebook. Um, that means that every single member of Knesset uh, explicitly or implicitly acknowledges that. If there would be enough of them who explicitly deny Israel as a Jewish and democratic state they they will simply be barred from participating in the elections, in the running for elections. So so the fact that they are not barred simply should simply tell you that they're not even bothering to uh, challenge that concept. And that is the game that is being played. Every single uh, member of Knesset, including those who are not necessarily Zionist, uh, the Palestinian members of Knesset are at best fig leaves for a criminal and barbaric uh, apartheid regime whose uh, parliament, the Knesset, is um, basically the main vehicle. There are two main vehicles of apartheid. One is the Knesset, the legislating body. The other is the Supreme Court, which which, uh, basically legitimizes all the wrongdoings. And that's the only role of these bodies, to legislate um, the supremacist uh, character and practice of the state and to legitimize it. And they've been doing it consistently.
2: I think that's one of the points that's never discussed is the fact that, yeah, there are Palestinian um, politicians, but every so often they do push back. And then the whole party says that, you know, they should be arrested. They should be kicked out. They shouldn't be a politician. So they really are strung where they can't say a lot. And as you said, they're tokens, they're fig leaves. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that that doesn't get out enough. So everybody thinks that they're, you know.
0: I think there's a correlation, sorry, Ronnie. Currently in Australia, we have a senator. She's an Indigenous activist, comes from a long line and a very powerful line of Indigenous activists. And she's a senator, and she won't stand with the Australian flag behind her. I mean, the Australian flag uh, Mm -hmm. has the Southern Cross as well as the Union Jack. Euphemistically and colloquially called the Union Jack is called the butcher's apron, because there's so (laughs) much blood on the Union Jack. And she won't stand in front of it. She said, why would I stand in front of it? It's not my flag. I'm an Indigenous person. You came here. We never invited you. We never gave you treaty. You never asked us to come. You've never made peace with us. Uh, yep. We're still incarcerated in greater numbers, demonized, et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. Why would I legitimize it? And she was challenged. Well, you're a senator. You're a member of parliament. You had to swear allegiance to the queen and to the constitution, and you've done that. And so it's just a lie. She said, well, the reality is, It was a conversation I had to have with my family to whether or not we could do this and what benefit would we have in participating and what could I change from within as opposed to from without. And the reality, as you said, there's one and a half million Palestinians that get to vote. The conditions under which they um, might join the Knesset demand that they recognise Jewish and democratic. The nation-state law that Benjamin Netanyahu passed in 2018 is very explicit that Israel is the nation state of the Jewish people and the Jewish people only. You know, people on my Twitter feed and Facebook saying, you know, but what about the Israeli Supreme Court? There's a judge there who's an Arab and there's Arab parties in the government and Arab's head of hospitals. So look, people have got to live. People will participate in the best way they can, but without equality, without equality under law, a nation for all its peoples, irrespective of their beliefs, what you have in that country is a Jewish supremacist state a racist state
1: an apartheid state so i will i will only challenge the last uh, the very last thing about the term jewish supremacist. everything uh, everything else that you said i fully agree with the term jewish supremacist is misleading and and even i would say dangerous and it is promoted by some uh, organizations like btselem and others and i'll explain why you see in australia in the us in canada etc places that were built on white supremacist uh, ideals and practices at some point, they managed to, I wouldn't say abolish that, but at least uh, make it illegal. And there is some basis that nowadays we can build upon. Okay. The US has a constitution, not the best but they do have a constitution, same goes for Canada. It's not that slavery has been abolished in the U.S. It is being transformed by legal means now into the prison industrial complex. But there is some basis, and, you know, in Black Lives Matter, we all know about that. I mean, the the, the, the white supremacist character has not been totally dissolved. It has not become what it should be. But, but there is some basis that we can build upon. Same goes for Canada, and same applies to... Australia and I have much respect to that uh, senator who uh, who would not stand by the flag and and expresses challenges that in one way or another. Uh, and I don't know the details exactly, but I, I, I understand that, you know, this challenge challenging of that is, is important in order to to advance in the right direction. I, I was very impressed by the land recognition that is being carried out in Canada, for example, when I was speaking there. It was really important for me. And uh, I uh, yeah, that was the most important part of uh, my talk. As far as I was concerned, the, the 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 land recognition. And I went on and on about how I wish that, you know, one day we will arrive at that point in Palestine. We are far away from that. The Zionist race state, which is a race state, not Jewish supremacist state. It is a race state. It is a white supremacist state. And we have to understand whiteness as a construct. It it is not necessarily about skin color. It is about the perception that there are some people who are superior to others and only they deserve rights. And I'll I'll elaborate about that in a second. But this is why I challenge the very term Jewish supremacist, because Jewish supremacist implies that there is something inherently supremacist about Judaism. And Judaism is yet another religion. I don't have much for or against that religion. I couldn't care less about these things, but I do care about the false conflation between Judaism, which is a religion, and criminal supremacist Zionism.
0: Mm-hmm. Zionism
1: is supremacist in its very nature, yeah, yeah. and it is it uses and abuses uses and abuses Judaism to gain Absolutely. legitimacy, and it and it does kind of take some of the supremacist or what can maybe be regarded as supremacist elements within Judaism to to make its case so I I will just challenge that terminology
0: great I'm happy that Zionism has bastardized that element to absolutely and we absolutely we as activists need to bring Judaism away from exactly exactly so
1: I I, so I oppose any and all conflation between criminal supremacist Zionism and Judaism which is a religion Uh, and you know basically saying and this is what Pretty much all the Zionists are saying, if you're critical of the Zionist race state, you must be somehow critical of Jews. The the logic of that also says that all Jews, doesn't matter by what character, like religious or otherwise, all Jews are inherently, because of their Jewishness, whatever that means, they must be supportive of the Zionist race state, the criminal supremacist race state. And it is just like saying that all Muslims are terrorists. Yep. Okay. no question. It's like it's racist in its very nature. Yeah. to claim something like that okay 100%. so so we agree on that
0: 100%. 100%.
1: now now i say that the zionist race state was founded as a white supremacist state it was founded on the exact same ideals as the ku klux Klan, but the ku klux klan is no longer legal in the us it was quite mainstream we know that it is no longer legal it is still there and 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 obviously the, the idea behind it is still alive uh but 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 there but there is as mentioned before, something to build that we can build upon, some basis for, of equality, of multiculturalism, etc. The exact opposite applies to the Zionist race state. It is founded as a, as a white supremacist state. It is founded on the exact same principles of the KKK. And this and that's where it stands. This is exactly everything that we are talking about. And obviously, there's nothing legitimate about that. It cannot be legitimate. The only mm. way for the Zionist race state to become, the only way for the state of Israel to become a legitimate entity is if and only if it respects the rights of all 20 million people, sons and daughters of that land. And I count into that figure also those who are currently the privileged, the supremacist. Yes, I mean, they are all part of that territory by now. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not one of those who, who support another, yet another ethnic cleansing in order to fix the previous one. Rather, I support something that is way more radical. I support equality. And this is the most radical you can <laughs> get in Israel the most radical you can
0: get equality yeah <laughs> oh, that's it's crazy very, very it's true um, sad <laughs> one of the things that israel has done zionism has done now the ratcheted up the criminality of advocacy for mm-hmm. palestine called the six ngos in Pal- in palestine terrorist organizations have sent out documentation to the funders throughout the eu and north america and everybody's reported back, this is below the standard of proof that you should be using to convict somebody of terrorism, but cutting off funding yes. to those places, instilling the IHRA everywhere. And we know eight of 11 examples there are specific yes. around talking about conflation between Israel and Judaism and therefore making the point that you were yes. just making. The criminalizing activism, we just saw Muhammad al-Kurd in, right. in Berlin be yes. disinvited to go to the Institute. What's your sense on that? How, how do we mm-hmm. push back? So I'll, I'll I'll leave for a moment the
1: uh, their uh, redefinition of terrorism to apply to uh, such uh, Palestinian NGOs and deal with first with the other element, which is way easier, the IHRA definition, what's called the working definition for anti-Semitism. That working definition, first of all. It's a whole jumble of words that uh, that doesn't make any sense. And it is a cyclical argument that they use there, etc. But, but most importantly, for uh, two things for the audience to remember, first of all, the person who drafted that so called working definition, he, uh, he stepped back and he said at some point, no, this is being used in, in the wrong way. I mean, I didn't intend for it to be used in that way. Secondly, there is the definition, which is, like I said, it, it, it doesn't hold water. It's like, uh, from the legal perspective, it means absolutely nothing because it is a cyclical uh, uh, definition. Secondly, then there is a whole list of uh, uh, examples which are used in a sinister way as part of the definition, even though the examples are meant to be just examples. So, And obviously, these examples are the ones that conflate uh, criticism of Zionism with criticism of Jews. So, um, So I'll you know, taking the whole package, because this is how it is being used, to silence the voices, anyone who is anti-Zionist is being tagged as anti-Semitic in one way or another, I'll say very two simple things. One, the IHRA definition itself is anti-Semitic. Secondly, it is anti-Palestinian, okay, in its very nature. It is anti-Semitic because of what I said before, any conflation of Judaism and Zionism is anti-Semitic. Anytime that you treat Jews as a monolithic group and say that simply because of their Jewishness, they are Zionist, meaning white supremacists. Actually, that's as racist as it gets. You cannot be, I mean, you cannot be more anti-Semitic than saying all Jews are uh, um, criminal supremacists, uh, vile creatures. That's exactly what they say. This is what the IHRA definition says. Um, and and um, secondly, it is anti-Palestinian because it, it claims that any um, Statement like "Free Palestine" uh, is is somehow a hate speech, a form of hate speech. So it should be it should be uh, illegitimate to to say "Free Palestine." Just think about that. Uh, so so yeah, I mean that's your right definition. Anyone who treats it seriously is uh, is a joke. Uh, I mean, I I, I seriously I, I cannot I cannot treat it seriously, and I cannot regard anyone who who, who who treats it seriously in a serious manner. Okay, it doesn't matter who it is. I'm here in the UK, for example, Corbyn. Is a wonderful person. I have so much respect for him, but we also have to acknowledge that Corbin dug his own grave the moment that he chose the apologetic tone uh, whenever he was accused, falsely accused of anti-Semitism, uh, and and tried to convince the world that uh, no, but uh, you know, kind of it didn't didn't reject that whole notion as if himself and others demanding equality, uh, multiculturalism, and all of that, you know, demanding freedom, equality, and justice in Palestine. That, that is not anti-Semitic, it cannot be regarded as anti-Semitic. Yes, it is anti-Zionist, of course. If you're a humanist, you're anti-Zionist. Yeah. You know, some in some cases, you have to choose. Are you a fascist or anti-fascist? Are you a Zionist or a humanist? There's no other option here. I'm sorry to say this. You know, if anyone yeah. thinks that there is a middle ground, there isn't. In some cases, there isn't. Yeah. So you have to, to make a choice. And the Zionists are obviously very concerned about that. About the other... About the other question, I'll, I'll just simply say that, uh, yes, uh, Israel has been trying uh, and quite successfully doing so uh, to accuse different organizations and individuals of uh, terrorism. Uh, the U.S. has learned, by the way, from Israel, uh, uh, the practice in some cases, uh, uh, like uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, they, they've been colluding about that all you know for 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 a long time but but uh, they have created new legal categories for example illegal combatants if you're familiar with that israel is using that and the us was using that against people like in guantanamo and other other places in order to to shield them from uh, the the yeah it, well well in in order to shield them from basically from international law they created another legal category and they've been very good at that so but but when they use the term terrorism first of all obviously uh people who demand who stand for human rights etc uh, it's it's kind of outrageous that they would be called terrorists but uh the the, the former minister of justice Ayel Chaked, she also uh, uh, said very clearly that she regards the bds campaign as uh, as terrorism a new form of terrorism and this is what they're concerned about obviously this is um a form of uh, propaganda but uh, on her behalf but uh, but Again, let's 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 look at that carefully. You know, we are BDS activists. What does BDS stands for? BDS stands for equality, freedom, and justice. BDS stands for three fundamental rights that are all protected by international law and human rights conventions. Mm-hmm. Right? Equality for Palestinians who are currently second-class citizens. Uh, uh, freedom from that harsh, brutal military occupation uh, of the West Bank and Gaza. And finally, uh, the rights of the refugees—six million people or more—who are denied the right to come back home. Ever since the foundation of the Zionist race state, and they are that—that's their right in the law. Uh, so, you know, again, I cannot treat it seriously when when Israel calls us or or um, such uh, Palestinian NGOs uh, as terrorists. Obviously, it doesn't mean that we should take it lightly, uh, because terrorism is a very uh, serious charge, and uh, we should uh, fight that uh of course but but um mm-hmm. the fact that they are able to claim such to make such claims uh shouldn't worry us i think it just it should urge people to you know uh, like i said that at some point you have to choose whether you're a fascist or anti-fascist okay some people uh, would rather sit on the fence and wait and uh, actually israel is making it very difficult for people to sit on the fence any longer and
0: that's not necessarily a bad thing as far as i'm concerned that's not necessarily a bad thing Ronnie, that's fantastic. I like the way we've got to wrap it up now, but it's a great way to finish. You know, you can either be a, a
2: fascist or I an think anti-fascist. it's pretty safe to say that uh, no. Ronnie doesn't sit on the fence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie's not a fence sitter, and Ronnie actually is at the forefront. Ronnie Buck, activist, anti-apartheid, anti-Zionist, Israeli dissident. Thank you so much for joining us. Good luck with your case. Thank you. And when Palestine is free also, inshallah. 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 Thank you. Great to speak to you again, brother. Listeners, thanks for tuning in to Palestine Remembered. Tell your friends, share the podcast, and remember there's never been a better time for a free Palestine.